Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You are listening to Be The Change, a podcast of conversations with true visionaries who are creating new paradigms for a healthier planet and society. I am your host, Christine Demick, and my work is in finding real solutions to the biggest problems we face today, climate crisis, capitalism, social injustices, and our failing health. There are amazing humans out there that have answers, and it is my mission to have their voices heard. Together, we can raise consciousness and create a just and equal society. Together, we can be the change. Numerous studies, including those conducted by our own governments, show it is not just important, but imperative our children have consistent exposure to nature. The positive effects of nature include improved cognitive functioning, including increased concentration, greater attention capacities, and a higher academic performance. Yet millions of city kids have no access to anything more than a cement park, already putting them at a disadvantage. My next guest is out to change that. Manny Almonte is the co-founder of Camping to Connect, a BIPOC-led experiential mentorship program that uses outdoor recreation and nature immersion to address the diverse issues faced by young men of color in America's cities. Led by and for people of color, Camping to Connect is elevating the narrative that the outdoors belong to everybody. Welcome, Manny. Thank you so much, Christine. Thank you for having me here. I am so grateful to have you here today. And the importance of having nature in our lives is to me one of the most overlooked and ignored facts that we face today. And I think it's probably one of the reasons why we so actively use it up and destroy it because we really don't have this respect or this notion that we need it when in fact we do. I would love to hear your story how nature or a lack of it had an impact on you and how Camping to Connect evolved? Thank you. Thank you so much. That's a good question. I actually grew up in the Dominican Republic, hence uh, my accent. And I moved here to the United States back in 1995. I was 20 years old. I had gone to university there. I wanted to continue my studies coming to to New York City, uh, out of all places, like many many immigrants, you know, coming from many parts of the world, but Latin America, Dominican Republic has the largest community outside of the the island in New York City, in Washington Heights and, you know, the New York metro area. In fact, they call it Little Dominican Republic. And that's where I moved to. And I lived there uh, with family. My aunt had lived there for about 25 years and she didn't speak a lick of English at that time, you know, her teenage sons were reading the correspondence for them and everything. And I say that because I remember that she would be in that apartment watching Telemundo, you know, all the news and novellas, and that was her world. And when she stepped outside of that apartment, that was her community where she would walk into McDonald's or any anywhere and didn't have to speak English. And she would have exactly what she needed. So when I came here from an island in the Caribbean, and seeing this dynamic, you know, it was not only foreign to me, and I was foreign to it, but it was a bit, you know, flabbergasting that people were living these lives in these buildings and walking from building to building 
And I didn't grow up like that in Santo Domingo, which is the capital of the Dominican Republic. But my, my parents divorced when I was three years old. And my dad was from the middle of the island where the Sierra is. And there was an affinity always that he had for having a, a little cabin in the mountains, to having you know some land there, to just go there uh, every time he could. And I didn't understand until, honestly, a few years ago, I'm talking about like three, four years ago, why that was so not only important to him, but like natural in a way mm-hmm. for my father, my grandfather, for myself to enjoy so much every time I went to see him. My last name is Almonte, which means to the mountains in Spanish or belonging to the mountains. And I'm like, wait, yeah, no wonder that <laughs> my family such has such an affinity for the outdoors or for, and for the mountains. And moving here for a little while, living in the concrete jungle of New York City and trying to adapt, I kind of went away, stepped from that space of, of, of the outdoors and trying to adapt to you know, New York City life and, and, and all that for a while. And there was always something that was missing for me about that. And you know, I was invited to go to lakes and you know, to the beaches here. And at first there was this, well, this is great, number one, but like, dang it, it's, uh, it's what it's called. You know, it's like I'm missing my island, you know, I mean, yeah. the, the warm water of the Caribbean. And the, I was sort of comparing it. So for a while, while I was enjoying it, I wasn't fully enjoying it because I kept being like homesick about it. And it wasn't until about six, seven years ago when I started a, a men's collective called Mastermind Connect, which is the foundation of everything we do with the youth, that I actually got it. Because I proposed to go do some outdoor activities, to go camping. And I'm talking about it like a hundred men <laughs> in the organization. And they were very adamant. No, adamant. They were actually like asking me, like, but why? You know, we don't do that. Come on, man. Like camping, hiking. And this is a, a brotherhood, a collective of men of color. Yeah. And I'm Afro Latino, being Dominican, but I didn't understand the dynamic that people had here. In the states, you know, people of color with the disadvantages that they had to uh, go into nature, and the narratives that had been written for them about where they belong and what they don't, which is a narrative that has been written and written for you know decades and generations. Yeah. So there's there's been a lot of shame, you know, passed down in why we don't swim, black people don't swim, black people don't do this and do that. So a lot of stories and excuses rather are. are was forced, the belief is that that's not for us. And that really created this, I don't know, it was very intriguing to me because I didn't grow up like that. And finally, you know, got a, a few of them to come out, uh, about 15 of them for a weekend. We went hiking, we were camping, we cooked together, you know, over the fire, we've created shelter, and we, over the campfire, had very deep conversations especially about fatherhood from the sense of not only us, many of us being fathers, but as sons from that perspective. And all of a sudden you have this grown man, some of them very tall and broad, breaking down crying over the campfire, talking about the relationship with the father, so lack thereof. And that was it for me. The moment that I saw these men embracing one another and hugging and saying, I love you, I got you, I'm here for you. I, I, I too can relate. You know, this was my experience. That's the moment that I said, okay, 
not only do we need to do more of this, but this is something that if we were to work with young men of color at an early stage, they would understand not only that they belong out here, but what this space can bring forth, you know, from healing to camaraderie to sense of community, all of these different things that we, and to, I'm saying the people who already understand, right, what it, what it means uh, to, to enjoy nature, everything that it brings that, that can provide, that, you know, nature nurtures. So that's how we ended up. That, I know that was a long-winded response, but that was my journey between how I ended up, where it started, <laughs> yeah. and how we got to where we are. So That's amazing. So how long ago did you start camping to connect? So camping to connect as the name being coined by being in the Mastermind Connect organization and taking the man camping. That mm. was at the beginning of 2017. Then we started working with the young men in New York City, doing career panels and doing uh, workshops on entrepreneurship and many other things at that point. So camp- camping was out of it. So the outing, taking the kids out, we called it Camping to Connect. So that was the, the name that we maintained for the work with the kids, uh, taking them out to nature. And then it became something larger than just a trip, just uh, an event, you know, and it became a, a program. Uh, the actual organization that, that we started, the nonprofit organization that Camping to Connect falls under, is a Young Masterminds Initiative. So that's the nonprofit that we formed. When I say we're talking about the men of the Mastermind Connect, to not only offer like a place, a house, right, for all these different uh, things that we're doing and, and having a focus on that, but also because it was becoming very expensive to give back. <laughs> you know, giving back for us was beyond time, energy, love. It was about the cost of doing many of these activities. And as we were scaling up and coming out of packet, you now we started to ask people for, for support. And the question was always, are you a 501c3? You know, is this a tax deductible donation? And I'm like, okay, so now we need to move away from GoFundMe, which could be for like a one year, one particular event, to fully organize a non-profit organization where we can actually not only raise funds, but have programming and enrollment and work with community at a deeper level in a more mm-hmm. organized way. So that was established in 2018. So it's been an evolution of work with men of color, with young men, doing, you know, little community projects here and there to then doing a full-blown, you know, organization with standard programming. Camping to Connect itself is not a summer program. You know, Camping to Connect is a year-round program. We're doing the fall, winter, we go, you know, hiking, snowshoeing. Since last year, we've been doing indoor bouldering, you know, the Brooklyn Bouldering Project in New York City. So yeah, so we've been having like other elements, you know, brought into it that can carry us through throughout the year. Obviously, we are busier, you know, in the summer when the weather's nice. So. Sure, sure. <laughs> I'm an author of a book called Detox Your Home, and I it's about the toxins we're exposed to that are easily Googled, <laughs> but that no one really realizes, right? And what I found really interesting here was the intersection between the lack of nature, right? And also the proximity to air pollution, you know, and toxic manufacturing. And so in researching this and looking at it, 
drove home the fact that the government doesn't care about our children here, right? We could go into guns, we could go into the shootings, everything that's happening right down to food and everything, right? It's just that it, they don't seem to care. And especially BIPOC kids. And I say government because as a public, as society, we do, our neighborhoods do, we care about our kids, right? And it's the governments that are failing us. And I wonder, is that something that you saw immediately when you came from DR? Because you probably didn't grow, I mean, you may have, there's different things that you had to grow up in in DR, but when you came here, was that like a parent, you know, that we just I, don't I, have that into, we don't have that access in New York City. Well, first of all, the people elect, in my opinion, based on what I know about government here, is that, you know, we elect our officials. You know, the government is formed by people that we put up there, right? Yeah. What they do with that power that's, that's given is a different story. But again, we keep putting people up there. That's right. Not necessarily, you know, working for us the way they should. And I believe that as long as we keep getting swayed by all the wrong reasons, politicians are going to politic. They're going to offer many different things. You know, it's on us to, to hold them accountable. So why do we have politicians for more than one term or even, you know, decades there in place? If yeah. they keep saying things and then doing others and we keep reelecting them because people get swayed by other narratives that have nothing to do with benefits them, right? Whether it's religion, whether it's some moral beliefs or whatever it is that again, the same people that you're electing based on those beliefs are not honoring them anyway. So why focus on that? You know, and, and instead of that basic needs. So we cannot just put all the responsibility on them as the people who elect them. We should own some of that too. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I think we need to hold them accountable and we need to keep pressing on them. But it's become very clear to me that everything, if we're going to change, that we have to take it upon ourselves. Yes, no, I just absolutely agree with you. And, and somebody told me at the Mountain Film Festival, like at the end of May, when we released Woodhood, a short film documentary that is offers a window into our program, but really it's about addressing the issue of uh, nature deficiency in urban youth, which is exactly what we're talking about right now. And someone told me after watching the, the film, after it premiered, that she goes to this particular film festival, among, amongst others, but this particular film festival, because it's the, the premier film festival for social justice, you know, documentaries, the climate, environmental issues, and that sort of thing. And she donates to many of these causes when she feels inspired. And she said to me, I just met her at that moment. She said, you know, I come here for inspiration. And, you know, my husband and I, we're in philanthropy and, you know, we'd like to give back. But one thing that we keep seeing in this kind of film festivals and spaces is that there's a lot of people talking about problems and highlighting the problems and showing them, displaying them from different size perspectives up down and just talking about there's a problem but just a few can actually talk about a problem and then the solution and not just in theory but like actually doing it executing the solution and she said that she felt like watching the film that we were not just 
raising the alarm about it. We were actually offering a solution That's and right. not saying that our organization, which is very young and you know small, has the capability of, right to change the whole landscape of the country when it comes to that. But it highlights it. It shows a way to address it. One way doesn't need to be a, the perfect best way, but one way. And then empowering others to then do similar work. Yeah. And that way is simply this. You have young men of color or young women of color, people of color in general, and, and we focus on, men of, on young men of color because we are a men's collective, right? So narrowing it down to even that bit where it's like, not only are we people of color who can understand each other, and are, we can relate to you know, what we do, where we come from, the cultural dynamics, living in certain spaces, you know, bring forth, you know, certain experiences for certain people, right? So having those experiences being shared, you know, in different ranges, yeah, there's a way that these kids then can see themselves in us and say, oh, you see me, or I see you, or we see each other, we're here. And then when you break it down to just men, right? Because yeah. that's what we address, because I'm a man, I identify as a man. The men of the collective has, have also come and joined me for a very particular reason, to help each other find balance in life, okay? So we talk about the gamut from relationships, parenthood, to entrepreneurship, business, investment, mental health, conversations about spirituality, conversations about nutrition, mind, body, and soul, all encompassed. We want to help each other through this brotherhood find balance in life. Now, what a beautiful thing would it be for you to grow up in that environment? Yes. Where you have this type of community, right? Yes. So instead of coming at, at you know, 30, some 40, 50 years old, after you know, feeling alone for a long time or just existing in, in life without uh, due course, right? Struggling in relationships and parenthood and then coming in front of the men that were around you, maybe they, you work with them, maybe you grew up with them, but all you talk about is, you know, the football game or what's that, a work or the new car that you got or, you know, how much money you make in X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Because that's how men communicate and show up, right? Like traditionally yeah. about what I have, what I did, you know, how big it is, how, how far you know, I, I went, success, my success, my accolades. I don't want to talk about my vulnerable Tough, right? I don't want to show vulnerability. I don't. I can't even talk about my mental health because you're gonna say that I'm crazy. You're gonna start. You won't invite me to the club no more. So, it wouldn't it be a beautiful thing to invite young men into a space that that looks like this? Like, hey, we can talk about the, the game. We can talk about the the new car we got. Also, we can talk about how I cannot get it, the, the, the new car because I'm. In, a mess when it comes to managing my, my finances or credit or this or that, and I need help. Both sides, balance. So these young men, as young as 12 year olds, 12 to 18 year olds, they can come into this space and see the way that we talk to each other. Mm -hmm. the, I'm talking about the facilitators and also with them, but even when they see us, when they see the, the, the facilitators saying, hey man, I love you, man. I really appreciate, or, or simply, for a moment being upset about something because we're human and then come right back and say, you know what? My bad. I overreacted or that really hurt. It triggered me. Uh, listening to these conversations and we've been open with them. We're being super vulnerable in front of them so that they can 
see that there's a different way. So yes, community, we, it starts with us. We're offering a solution. We don't need to rely on government to actually do this. The only part where we rely on government for this is, you know what, if you cannot do the work, if, you can, if you're too busy or you want to put your focus on something else, then provide us with access, give us some funding, yeah. allow us to use the land, allow us to, some equipment, you know, whatever it is, and let us do it. Like, we'll take care of it, we'll handle it, which is the same thing that we can ask of any allies as well. Like you as a, as a woman, you as a white woman, coming in front of these kids, trying to teach them about these things. It's like, they're going to listen. Yeah. But is it going to land fully no. or the way that no. you really want to? You, are you going to maximize that moment? I had a school principal in Brooklyn, New York, in the Gravesend you know, area of Brooklyn. And there's a large you know, immigrant community there's from different countries. It's, it's an underserved community. And this school principal, when he you know, reached out to us, he said to me, listen, I love the outdoors. There's another teacher here that loves the outdoors. We take kids on a backpacking expedition every year. We, we, do, we go camping, we, we go on day hikes. And well, I don't think that we can get them to, to see or for them to open up to us the way that they will with you. Because he, he had watched the film. And he said that the, the look on this kid's eyes is the way that they communicate with you. I've been doing this for 15 years and I've never seen one kid look at me that way. He asked us for support and we went at this last spring on a backpacking expedition from Connecticut to Massachusetts. And it was about 18, you know, young people of color, both young know, men and young women. These were 17, 16, 17 year olds. And coming back, I personally didn't go, you know, another one of our founders went. And on the debrief, after the kids have provided feedback and everything, the, that principal went to lead it and the teacher and then one of our guys. The consensus was that in all the years that they had taken this kids out, they had never seen them so engaged or in, interactive, talking about social issues, talking about how they feel, talking about stuff that had nothing to do with nature in that space. And then on the feedback, being so grateful to be able to actually have conversations that mattered to them yeah. Because although the principal and the teacher had that intention always, A, they were so focused on teaching about how to you know, pitch the tent and the campfire and, and all these different things. And then the other things is like, you know, you, you can only go so far. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you don't always have to be that hero. You know, it's like donate the money and let people have a connection usually comes down to the person wanting to be the hero. And I found that it comes down to all ego, right? So it's like, I see this great thing. And instead of giving money and maybe fostering it, so there could be so many kids that could be impacted and just stepping back and donating the money, you know, it's like, they want to be a part, right? You know, it's like that. I want to, you know, it's ego, in my opinion. I don't it, know. It is. Maybe I got it wrong. You tell me, Manny. I feel like ego does play a a huge role in it. Also, not having a model, right? Like, or rather having the wrong model. You go to a place as a white person. Yeah. You discover that there's a a place and there's a need for something. And they sort of want to plant your flag, right? Yeah. And, And you want to convert and you want to bring people to the light and show them the way. 
<laughs> colonize like <laughs> i mean from that perspective and and also like a missionary going to yeah yo it's it's changing not only the yeah. belief for the people and then bringing modernization yeah. and at the same time they don't see that they're destroying cultural values and that's <laughs> right yeah and, and instead of coming into a space of like coming to, to learn right and support So why must you change? Yeah. You could show, you know, and learn. It's like an exchange, right? Like, hey, this is what I know about this. You know, what do you know about this? And you know what? If you go with that mindset, you know, it's not a missionary who's going to change anything. You, you may help change it yourself and also influence, right? So it's a, it's, a, it's a influencing each other on different on different things, right? Because when you influence, you, you basically allow the other person to make the decision. So a couple of stories that I'm going to give you. I'm going to be as, as brief as possible. Andy Isaacson, one of our you know, co-founders of the Camping to Connect program, Andy has seen what we were doing at Your Mastermind's Initiative because one of his friends was a member of Mastermind Connect. And Andy had just came back from a retreat in, I believe, California, that Valley or something like that. And it was a, a spiritual retreat and the camp, they, they did some exercises, some, they had some experiences where He learned a lot and came back, you know, super re refreshed. And he saw that we had gone camping and done different things. So he told us about his idea of, of taking young men of color to like Governor's Island and camp there for the night, which is uh, Governor's Island. It's a little island off of New York yeah. Harbor that used to be a uh, U.S. Coast Guard yeah. training uh, spot. My son's and friend goes to school there. There you go. Yeah. So you know what? That's fantastic. And We started to put that together and, and we did it in 2018, but it was ex extremely expensive, even with all the, the discounts and everything. But we had to have staff overnight and an ambulance and all that stuff. So we're grateful for it, you know, but didn't get to do it again because it, it simply didn't make financial sense for, sense for us. And we wanted to really take the kids out to the wilderness. Uh, it was an amazing experience for them to be able to, you know, go to Governor's Island and see New York Harbor and, you know, basically where they live, Brooklyn and all that, and be right across from the Statue of Liberty, you know, camping where basically no one else was had been allowed to do that before. So it was uh, a point of pride, right, for, for all of us. But then we went to the woods and we went to the Delaware Water Gap and we used the uh, Appalachian Mountain Club facilities there. And we took about 24 young men of color. These were 17, 18-year-olds. And... Andy had come down with us and Andy and I would work on logistics and the gear needed. And, you know, through his efforts, we have been able to secure, you know, boots from, you know, vast footwear, you know, a partnership with Buff where we have, uh, you know, Buff Gators and then, you know, tents and different gear that we needed to get going with the program. But Andy, again, was mostly there with, you know, support and even the stuff that, you know, a big lift before we got to the place. Now we get there, we have this, all these kids that we met for the first time. And we have about seven Mastermind Connect members, okay, men of color with different you know, skill sets. And we spend a weekend camping, hiking, bonding, talking, having workshops and conversations about identity and mental health and many different things. They enjoyed it fully. They went to the lake. They did a lot of different things that it was new to them. And as we were leaving and walking to the van, I'm talking to Andy, we're walking on the road and two other kids come to us, come up to us and say, oh, excuse me, excuse me, uh, Mr. Andy, 
Manny, can we ask you a question? We just want to tell you something, ask you a question. And we're like, sure, you know, what's, what's going on? And then uh, one of the young men says, yeah, so Manny, we're very grateful. You know, we're so happy. This was fantastic. Can you invite us again? Want to come back? This was great. We enjoyed the hike, the lake, and camping, all these different things. Absolutely. I'll call you and I'll send you an email, send you the information for the next you know, activity, maybe a day hike. Let's just do it again. Absolutely. They say, oh, thank you. Thank you. That's, that's great. And then the other one says, uh, so, Mr. Andy, we wanted to ask you, how long have you owned this place for? Andy looks at me. I look at Andy and I, I just look down and I start getting emotional, <laughs> like right now. And it was so sad because Andy said, no, I don't own this place. None of us, like, we use this place and we, we, we have to pay to be here. And But I don't own this place. What made you think that, you, that I own this place? And he says, oh, no, we just saw that you own the place, you know. No, it's all what, but okay, so can we come back? Yes, okay. As they walk away, I look at Andy and, and I have tears in my eyes. And, I, and I'm like, two things. Number one, did you see how they called you Mr. Andy and they call me Manny? And second thing, that question was simply because you're the only white man here. Yeah. And ever since then, Andy has avoided, and this was 2018, to actually go on camping experiences. He goes yeah. on day hikes and no bouldering where we actually go to uh, a facility. Yeah. But on camping trips, you know, he helps put together back end stuff. His face is not there. He doesn't, doesn't go there. It's yeah. all support. He didn't stop doing the work. In fact, there's a lot more work that has come after that. But he's not there, right? right? He's not in the pictures, you know, he's not nope. these things. So it's, it's the mindset that these kids have of, you know, colonized mindset yep. that, that says that the people who lead, who own, who are at the top are usually the white people. In this case, I'm actually point for everybody that's there, the whole staff, the whole team, the relationship with the facilities. And Andy himself is coming to me all the time asking me questions. Yeah. So I'm leading the, the whole thing. Yes. Andy is asking me and for feedback or rather what's happening next. Yeah. And they saw that yet because he was the only yes. person there that wasn't a person of color. Yeah. Immediately he was a person of a, had a, a it was an authority figure. Mm-hmm. And this is why we want to maintain this dynamic of being the man of color working with this young man of color. Many organizations, you know, they do hire facilitators of color, which is a step in the right direction. It's amazing. Yes. With that said, these kids, usually they look at who's working with them and then they just go like this. They tilt their head. They see who's behind. And they always see that the, the bosses, the, the managers, the supervisors, the, the executive directors don't look like them. That's right. So it's still this perpetuation of this is how far we go, right? Like mm-hmm. it's either, mm-hmm. either being served Mm-hmm. Or like people serving the plate, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So that, that was one. The other one is, is, is shorter because now that you have that as a context, is that one of the brands, outdoor brands that wanted to partner with us, I wouldn't say in order for us, for them to support us, but basically the door that was open was, yeah, so we want to come and volunteer and work with the kids, you know, and, and then support you that way. I'm like, yeah, but no, we ask you for actual financial support if you have any or for gear. Well, you know, our, our new CEO wants to, instead of spending the cash, like they, she called the spending cash, by the way, a donation, you know, directly, want to do it indirectly because, you know, it's better to have people feel 
that they're doing actually the work, not just their money. Like, you know, they have to come out and, and do the work themselves. And I gratefully, I declined. Yeah. And I said, it felt like very, very tone deaf because the information about what we do, who, who does it, who is it for, is very clear in our website and everything that, that, that we have out there. Yes. And I said, so first of all, we are an organization working with young men of color. And, the, and what separates us, what puts us apart, sets us apart is the fact that it is a men of color who have the, shared the background with them yes. uh, cultural, culturally so that we can work with them and they can relate to us, we can relate to them, and we both learn from each other. So what we're, you're suggesting is that you're willing to spend money flying from Utah, where all of you are white, mostly blonde, you know, <laughs> beautiful humans, and you're saying that you know, where you're going to support us, notwithstanding what the, our mission and <laughs> how, yeah. how we operate. Right. Your way to support is to, is to come and volunteer so you have men and women, blonde, from Utah, working with young black and brown men from New York City from the project. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm lost right now, I told you. <laughs> I'm, I'm lost. We didn't ask for that support. Then that's not really support because that's not our program. And that really, to be honest, looks more like a photo op. Like you want to be in pictures. You know, this is, uh, you know, Ethiopia in the 80s. Yeah. And you, you know, have this malnourished black baby in your arms. Like, no. Yeah. What kind of decision is that? You know, maybe it might work for another organization. But really, with all due respect, we need funding. And you're saying that you'd rather spend money flying a team from Utah to New York and paying hotel expenses, a bunch of different things so that you can be in the picture. Yeah. So that goes to answer your, your statement about the ego. Yes. But I also want to give you the, the other perspective, which was even more important, which is Andy's perspective. Andy is, is you know, white man from Brooklyn, New York, yeah. who understands, who's seen it in front of him. Yeah. And even when he, without any intention of being in the picture, simply being there, doing the programming, it still was sort of like, I would say a hindrance, but he felt that he was in the way of progress. So he removed himself from that front and came all the way to the back where he's still four years later doing amazing work for us, for the organization. And he doesn't have to be there in front of them all the time. Yeah. That's not ego. That's someone who really wants to be an ally. That's someone who really wants to see change or affect change or influence change, even if That's it's right. behind the screen. That's right. That's the definition of an ally. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Manny. My pleasure. Yeah. I know that nature has had an impact on the kids. I'd love to know. It's It's been a short time. So 17, so but that's five years, right? Like, have you seen how this impacts their adult lives yet? Have you been able to see that and the decisions they make? And do you have kids coming back every year? Tell me how that works. Yeah, so the Young Masterminds Initiative, the nonprofit organization, has uh, you know four core programs, right? One is uh, Camping to Connect, which is our premier program. And it became the premier program because in 2020, when the COVID pandemic hit, in New York was ground zero for that. 
we couldn't meet in person to do many of the other things that we do. So it became the outlet, the way to actually get the kids out there and being in nature, social distancing in, in a way, we outdoors, we were able to have these other conversations that we have in the other programs. So the other programs, you know, one of them is uh, Breakfast of Champions, which is a career panel that we were doing every month and we would curate it and bring, let's say we'll do a career in law. We'll bring a judge, a prosecutor, a corporate lawyer, and a legal aide, and so on and so on. It, mastering your craft, was different workshops that could go from a start a business to financial literacy to creative writing, you know, different things. Then there's mastermind, master body. Those all these names go along with like mastermind connect and your mastermind. So it's um, like an umbrella, right? Yeah, okay. mastermind connect is a men's organization. Your mastermind initiative is a nonprofit that we started, and then camping to connect is a program. So Master My Master Body works with, you know, wellness and nutrition, you know, conversations about mental health, conversations about the chemicals in your body, the serotonin, the dopamine, the cortisol, and how you feel when you're stressed out and being able to identify that, teaching the kids how to respond instead of reacting and, you know, this type of conversations. So all of those different programs, to go right along with Camping to Connect. So Camping to Connect allowed us to, at the very least, go outside during the pandemic and then have these other conversations with them. So when we invited the kids to join the, the program, they actually joined the Your Mastermind Initiative. So they benefit from all of these different things. And it's not a one weekend trip. It's not a one summer situation. They just join the program and it's, it's ongoing. So they get invited to different activities, different workshops, you know, different camping weekends. We have a certain capacity for the camping, for example. So not all of them get to come at once, but we have multiple outings. To give an example, this past summer, and I it's hard for me to say this past summer because summer hasn't ended, number one. And I still have to fly to New York. I'm in Denver, Colorado now by the end of next week because we have our last camping trip of the season in New York. <laughs> so it hasn't started, even though they went back to school. So we're going out you know, twice a month for camping weekends, in July, we went out not only twice, but one of them was a full week. And in between, they have gone bouldering or on day hikes. And now that today's September 8th, on September 16th, they're going to go on a day hike. There's going to be a group of kids. And then a whole different group of kids is going to go camping on the 23rd for the weekend. And then the following weekend, then we have another day hike with another group of kids. The weekend after, there's another day hike where some of the kids who went either camping or hiking this month, they're going to get to that, as, go to that as well. And there's also going to be bouldering the, the week after. So there's an ongoing, not only activities, but an interaction yeah. with them for them to, to work with different mentors from the okay. program. Different yeah, mentors? And get, but and get to build with one another. Is it the same kids or same group? So they build relationships with their group, or could it just be different kids every time? Well, do you the follow? Mentors, yeah, the, there's the, the mentors, the, the, right? The kids get to meet the gamut of mentors, right? Like mentors and volunteers. Depending on what activity they do, the same mentor may not come out to three activities in a row, but at least you know they're gonna get to see them throughout the season, right? So some of them, like David Lopez, which is a new lead mentor for New York City. 90% of the time, they're going to see David Lopez. They're going to see Carlos Avila, which is a professor at Long Island University, a psychologist and, and fitness trainer. They're going to see him 
about 60 to 70% of the time. And then there are others who they may see 30% of the time because they all volunteer, right? So that's right. Some of them have have you know more bandwidth on the weekends than others and and that sort of thing. What about the kids though? I don't know how many kids are that you mentor at the same time, but they all they go through the program together. So they have um, friendships that develop there? Yes. So there's opportunities for them to do that depending on how often they actually join us. That many times they're invited doesn't mean that they they they're going to be able to, to, to come every time. And that means that if I have, you know, 20 spots open for a camping weekend and it gets filled by, you know, some kids that didn't attend the last one, but there's a kid who attended both, he's going to get to meet both kids. And then on the third trip, some of these kids from the previous trip may come back. Or, you know what I mean? There's yeah. Different opportunities for them to connect. Does that mean they have to be on the same group every single time? Because again, it's an ongoing program that offers different things depending on the season. So there's different opportunities. It's also based on the availability. We have many kids this summer who wanted to participate. And there was a lot of frustration, even from the parents, where they were invited and they even signed up. And we were leaving like on a Friday morning, send a reminder on, on Thursday afternoon. And now you have people upset because they, parents and kids, had communicated this to summer job employers and then their games they don't understand they don't respect that the employers and this case had to work i had a kid who had a summer job uh, which by the way was very robust this summer in new york city with a new mayor that, that came in so that took away many of the kids uh, the opportunities for them to actually participate on week on camping weekends so I, they would say i'm going away on a friday and they would say either yes it's okay and then pull the rug on them or say just work half a day and for the kid as he communicates it to the parents, half a day meant by noon, one o'clock. And they were ready to go after work to go on the trip. And then like, no, half a day means three o'clock. And it's like, yeah. now they're missing the, the opportunity to get on the bus because we're going to drive two hours to the, to the Delaware Water Gap on a Friday. We cannot leave at three o'clock out of New York City, right? No, no. <laughs> so all I'm saying with that is there are many opportunities that kids have to maintain a connection and in fact one of the the goals of the young masterminds initiative when a kid joins from anywhere from 12 to uh, 18 years old is for them to remain on the young masterminds initiative until they turn 19 right once they become a young adult and 19 years old then they, they become mastermind connect members so what happens is that they continue to have a relationship with these mentors and these facilitators and now the conversations that we have curated for them they get to go into the other side where we now have, it's a little bit broader. It looks a little bit different. It's more uh, a bit rawer because now we're talking about men, amongst yeah. men, not just in Yeah, it's different, it's different. Right. So we have had, for, for the kids that started with us in 2017, some of them as young adults now, not only part of Mastermind Connect, but they are volunteers for the Young Masterminds Initiative and Camping to Connect, right? So many of the kids who have participated, some of them have taken certifications uh, on outdoor leadership training, which all of our facilitators have to take. So they're certified, and then they help work with this with this other young man. The key for us is to have this community that goes from young men to young adults and have this, at some point, 
to get to the point where all these these kids who were the the receivers of this not giving back to be the ones leading the Your Mastermind Initiative and everything that we do there, having experienced all of that, it obviously is going to take a, you know a decade or something for that to happen. But that is the goal. The second thing that I have to say about that is that our work goes beyond the kids that we serve. The we want to inspire community to go out outside, we want to inspire other organizations, so other people to start, jump on this movement of not getting people of color in the outdoors. And I think what separates us from many organizations that want to do this particular work, you know, besides having an organization like Mastermind Connect and, and, and bringing the, the men in, it's, it's all about the connection, right? We have an outdoor program, outdoors program called Camping to Connect. The camping is, isn't there. And we go hiking, we do, you know, bouldering, all these different other experiences. Yeah. But that's not really the goal. The goal is a connection. We go camping with the purpose of connecting. It's camping mm-hmm. to connect. Mm-hmm. Um, nature as a resource mm-hmm. to get the kids out of their comfort zone, mm-hmm. to get them into a space where there's no technology, mm-hmm. where we don't help each other cook, we're not eating. If we don't help each other you know, create shelter where we may not be able to sleep comfortably and to understand the value of community, to understand the value of brotherhood. And that's the connection. So if we're not able to connect, if we just go out there to show the kids they belong in the outdoors and all that, we're doing something that is needed, but we want to go beyond that. Nature is there. Let's use it. Nature nurtures. Nature just allows you to breathe fresh air and to think differently. To it, you know, your senses are activated. Why not use it? We're not going to just be out there to say, "Oh, look, this is nature. Look at a tree. This is you pitch a tent and create a campfire." And now that we're here, we're going to look at each other and and continue to talk about how nice nature is. No, let's use it as a resource. Let's talk about what's really happening in your life. Let's talk about your fears. Let's talk about your goals. One of the kids that we took out this summer is his one of eight. And there's five boys out of those eight. He was referred to us, and actually all of them were, by a school counselor who spoke with their mother. The father had just came out of the picture, living in the project, eight kids. A school counselor that that had worked with us before referred her to us. We accepted the three kids that were 12 and up. And number one, she broke down crying when that happened because she said, I, I need help and I need men in their lives. And I, these kids need to get outside because all they do is play video games because I cannot have them go outside because it's dangerous outside in the courtyard. Yeah. They're going to get shot. Right. Okay. So these kids spend their days playing video games. And the 17-year-old comes to uh, one of our experiences at the beginning of the summer. And we go camping, you know, there's hiking, there's a lake. We go on the lake. When we come back, that after dinner, we go around the campfire, we're talking about peaks and valleys, right? So, you know, peaks, you know, highlight of the day, valley, moment that you felt low, that you felt upset, something you didn't like. Give us an example of both. And he starts with the valley and he says, well, you know, my valley is uh, the lake, I thought I was gonna die. And I'm like, what do you mean? That he was gonna die. Well, I thought I was gonna drown. But wait, I was in front of you, like we were watching you the whole time. When did that happen? Because we could have came. Then you hear, first of all, you didn't. That didn't happen. But you didn't die. But 
what do you mean you almost drowned? Yeah. And he explains, he says, well, you know, we're playing with the football on the water. And, you know, when, when the, one of the kids threw the ball at him, he said, he went back to reach it and his head touched the water and like the water got to like his ears, right? And then he was able to come back up and we all waiting for him to say the part where he was going to drown. And to him, he says, the fact that he got to like his ears, he thought he was going to drown. And I'm like, but you didn't get like in your nose or nothing. He says, no, but okay. So let me explain it differently. Being at the lake was also my highlight. And I'm like, okay, so please go on. And he says, well, I've never been in a large body of water before. And I'm like, wait, you've never been to to the beach or a pool or a lake? Or He says, the largest body of water that I've been to is my bathtub. And there was eerily silence. You could hear just like the crickets and the, the birds just. Yeah. And I asked, so when you said that you felt you were drowning, you could have a point of reference for what drowning really is. Yeah. I mean, on at a that's a large concept, yes, but you felt yeah. that just getting in your ears was drowning. He said, Well, I said I almost drowned. And that was my valley, but that was also my peak because you know I, I didn't drown and I got to be in the lake and I, and I actually liked it. And I said to him, You felt like you almost died, but if what I hear you say is that moment you began to live. And he opened his eyes wide and all of the kids at the same time were like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, yo, that's so deep. Yo, that's true. No, for real though. Listen, being out here, it's like I'm living. And then all around the campfire, because you know, we have a, a circle, they all start sharing about how being in the city and the routine and every day and like that they don't feel free to live. They don't feel that they can breathe. They feel like anxiety and that they were feeling in a different world and happy and like playing at the lake. And they were relieving the stories of the hike. And with all those facilitators, we're just looking at, at each other with big smiles on our faces and like, yep, <laughs> this is it. This, this is, is the it. work. This is the work. And now we have parents. Now we have parents going out hiking and, and, and camping. Oh, is that right? Uh, oh, yeah. I can show you a post. One of the parents posted on social media. Not the only parent that we know that have gone out there. Saying, uh, just going out hiking today with my husband. And we loved it. You no, know, Posted the pictures, you know, by the creeks and all that. And I didn't know how great this was and that we could do it until our 16-year-old son started raving about going hiking with Camping to Connect and wanting to go back and couldn't stop talking about it. So we ended up like going and now we love it. Amazing. That's community right there. Yeah. That's community. And that is more than that. When we talk about doing the work is beyond the actual kids that we're working with directly. There's also for them and their parents and community and to social media for people to see all the people who look like them are out there and are enjoying it and, and showing you a thousand and one ways of why it's important to get out of the house, to get out of the city and get out there. 
We're getting towards the end here. We have to wrap up, which I I could talk to you forever. And really, I I thank you for this conversation. I know you're in New York City now and also Denver. Those are the two cities that you're covering. You have the movie Woodhood. Can you just tell people like, one, how can we get in touch with you? Two, how can we see the movie? I'd love to see the movie if it's possible. And, you know, how can people donate? How can they, let's give funds. We already covered that. So come on, people. I want to see all the money come in. Let's give money. We can donate. Do you have an Amazon page? What's your name? Yeah, really appreciate that. That's, that's yeah. extremely important to us. <laughs> yeah. So you can go to campingtoconnect.com and you can learn more about what we do. There are links there to donate. If you want to go straight to donate, it's campingtoconnect.com slash donate. And then there's the film. So Woodhood is going to be stream. I don't know when this is going to be uh, posting uh, this podcast, but we do have a partnership with All Trails, the All Trails app, and they're going to be doing an event in November. They're going to be streaming it for the public. And then we have, right now, the the film is making the rounds on film festivals around the country since it launched with them at the Mountain Film Festival back in May. So basically, we're looking at the end of November beginning of December for the actual film to have a house in our website at campingtoconnect.com and be able to free to be able to watch it there. And but right now it's going to film festivals. So it has to be you no know, private screenings. And that one that's gonna come up with all trails, that's gonna be for the public. Oh, you have to do this register and there's gonna be a, a QA after the short films. Amazing. Know. Amazing. So go to camping to connect. There you can find, you can donate, you can volunteer, you can see all the updates and you can apply. If you're out there and you want to be a part of this, if you have a children that would like to apply, you can do that as well. The question, are you going to have young uh, BIPOC women? We always ask that question. Two things. Number one, about enrollment, yes. CampingToConnect.com, you can enroll young men from 12 to 18 year olds directly for the New York City area metro area and also for the denver metro area and it's no cost it's a you know free of charge for participants we don't charge for the work we do as far as the young women go we've been talking to some bipoc women led organizations so bipoc organizations want to yeah. go beyond young men you know we and beyond women it's, it's young kids at community at large diversity and inclusion for us is extremely important beyond the young men that we serve what we are actually working on is on creating a curriculum that's been on, you know, refreshed every every year as, as we learn new things that we can then offer a sort of a playbook for a sister organization of women where Mastermind Connect did this so that they too can do it. And we want to be able to open camping to connect to both so that we, the men, can do the young men and then this partner this women-led organization can do the other part with the young women, or we can do also co-ed, right? At that point, it needs to simply be having the same curriculum and playbook and then sort of change whatever nuances on the conversation that apply to young women of color versus young men of color. But the reason why I say that we want to keep it still within Camping to Connect is because we don't want them to have to start brand new from the floor. We're building a, a structure or infrastructure from the library that we have to the partners that, that we are coming to partnership with, the brands that we're working with, yeah. to be able to use those resources for both young men and women. Yeah. But right now we're still building. Okay. Uh, we're still at a foundational level. We have All an right. Organization. So maybe though, if you're listening to this, 
you know, and you're hearing the calling, then maybe get in touch with Manny. You know, you can uh, volunteer, you can help. And maybe you want to start that sister organization. Manny, I'm going to ask you, I ask everyone at the end of the show is, what keeps you being the change? So you just listed, I know you're, you're underpaid and you're overworked. I can imagine, I know what your answer is, but tell us, like, what gets you up? And, you know, instead of saying, ah, you know, like, I've done enough, I'm done. And what keeps you going? What keeps you being the change? Finding purpose in life was something that was keeping me for a long time. And I did many different things. You know, I, I own my own business. I came to this country when I was 20 years old and I was supposed to go back two years later after school. You know, my dad was a citizen, like I, I could have stayed or gone. My mom in the Dominican Republic was very disappointed because she thought I was coming back, you know, two years later. And I found independence here and came to love being here and meeting people from different cultures, right? But I, I never, I was never able to find my purpose within this melting pot of people and people doing so many different things until I came into this community, which is ironic because I didn't know they had to build it myself. I was one of the founders of, you know, out of, you know four founders of the Mastermind Connect and leading it and getting to the point of working with these young men gave me purpose working with this young man, affecting, influencing in a positive way, you know, keeps me going every day. So just finding that purpose in the value of, of being a servant, but not made into a servant by me wanting to serve. It looks very different when you force to serve than when you actually, you know, are serving from your heart. And this is intentional and purposeful work that we're doing and i'm very happy to do it as long as you know the lights can <laughs> stay on and again i'm blessed that you know my wife has a uh, work also in tech so it makes things a little bit easier on the list and at some point i want to be able to simply create the container that i can just hand off to one of these young men that we're working with to sort of continue so that i can then get to continue building my business as an entrepreneur but this right now is extremely important. I will still be around, but again, yeah. I just want to build a container for this case to, to then use. I understand. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And I know earlier you had said a woman and you met at the film festival and you're saying, you know, you, you do what you do. You're not sure if it's going to change the whole construct, but I really believe that what you are doing is changing the construct. And this is the start. This is the beginning of it. I'm just in awe of what you do and, and grateful, grateful. So thank you. Thanks. And um, yeah, it's been a pleasure. So again, Camping to Connect. And you can also find them on Instagram and campingtoconnect.com. And thank you, Manny. Thank you for being the change. I appreciate you, Christine. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this conversation and are inspired. We grow with supporters and listeners like you. So please share this podcast with your community and follow us on Instagram at bethechange.nyc. And to learn more about our guests and what you can do to be the change, go to our website at www.bethechange.nyc. That's bethechange.nyc. Thank you and be well.